Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor, as you probably know by now, of Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I say that because you listen to every podcast out there, don't you? You love us that much. And by us, I include my good friend, Keith Holmes. That's me. That's you. That's me. You think they love us so much? Oh, I, I think they've listened Let's to go every without... Some may have even listened to us twice. And they like... <laughs> they like... They know us. They know the melodious sounds of each of our voices so much. We don't have to do introductions anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Is that right? But for you new people, he's JD. I'm Keith. Right. Now, just imagine how handsome both of us are, and you'll be fine. Uh, here we are working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. This is episode number six of the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is only three chapters of the book of Matthew. Right. We're spending 12 podcasts on three chapters of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, diving deep. That just, yes, diving deep, and that mm-hmm. shows how important we feel the Sermon on the Mount is, and it definitely is. It's a deal uh, where Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, sets the stage. Yeah, He sets the record straight. He makes it clear what he is, what he's about, mm-hmm. what's important to him. That's why the Sermon on the Mount, and, and therefore... Uh, by correlation, this podcast. That's why these things are important for us to talk about. Amen. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks about kind of the process of, of, of broken relationships, mm-hmm. of, of, of how relationships fall apart, yep. how important uh, it is to Jesus for us to be attentive to our relationships uh, so that they don't fall apart, to get them... Uh, to get them uh, uh, attended to before they, they end in disaster. Today, a little bit of a shift. We're going to talk about what what to do with your enemy. The opening question is what steps are involved in eventually loving your enemy. So this is not a deal where we're trying to keep the guy from being an enemy, which right. is what we've been previously talking about. Right, this reconciliation. Is this is yeah. what to do once you have an enemy, once you've completely... Now, so Jesus, it's basically a deal where you've completely and totally failed, Keith. At reconciling. At reconciling. The guy hates your guts. Now this is what I want you to do. So Keith, I throw to you, what steps do you feel uh, are involved in eventually loving your enemy? I'm under the assumption that you actually know how to do this. Well, I, I, I know there's a very long story there's a long set of steps in front of the Philadelphia Library. We've seen that in Rocky. And having my enemy roll down those steps, I think, are the steps. That's probably not what you're talking about. No, I'm talking about how do I get into loving my enemy, not loving watching them roll down steps. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I think, honestly, it, I think it has to do, obviously it has to do with me, because my enemy is not... I'm assuming my enemy is not going to try and reconcile with me. We're past that. So how do I get to loving my enemy? Well, I think one of the biggest steps forward is knowing that I'm not perfect, that I may be wrong. And then... Um, <laughs> to, to, may, now, now, May. Now that 10 years have passed, right. that could have been... <laughs> I, might, I might have been wrong about here's that. The, here's the missing evidence <laughs> from that murder trial. Holy cow. 
<laughs> I actually am guilty. I am wrong. Yeah, I am guilty. But no, but seriously, you, re- you you have to first admit that you're wrong and that you or that you you might be wrong or that if nothing else that you're flawed. Mm-hmm. That you may have been the rightest of right, but the fact of the matter is is you somehow this relationship deteriorated into now they're your enemy. Um, if they, you know, and and I'm we're assuming that you know the person. Some people just hate indiscriminately and there's nothing we can do about that mm-hmm. except to love them. And in that in that case it's the same thing. I'm a fallen person. I know that I know that I deserve grace or I've been given grace. Excuse me, I don't deserve grace. I've right. been given grace. And through that grace, I can give it to others. So I the first step is realizing that I'm not I'm not God. I'm not perfect. And then then moving forward, I mean things like don't slander, don't libel, don't write things about them online. Don't, you know, don't don't say to your friends well, this guy's a real jerk and I was right, he was wrong. And, and and just basically get over yourself, right? Get it, just yeah. There you go. It's a fine way. And so that's you know those steps that we take to to just finally getting to the point where you can say, okay, I pray for this person. I know they don't like me, but I pray for them, and I hope that that God changes their heart someday. What steps are involved in eventually loving your enemy? That's the question we're yeah. asking. And lo- and that doesn't necessarily mean. Does it that we are back in uh, actual relationship yeah, with them? No, but we are we are at peace with them as much as we can, right? And we are honestly loving them. I think one of the other things you you mentioned several things there that are essential to it. I agree with everything he says. Well, well done. Is also hopefully getting to some place where you understand and appreciate the shoes that the other person walks in Ooh, and the situation, yeah. the pain that they have, the, yeah. the, the challenges in their lives, yeah. the sufferings in their lives that they have. Uh, to a certain extent, the question uh, that we're asking here is, is akin to what addicts have to go through in a 12-step pro- process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're raising the question. There isn't anything that's written down that says, here are the 10 or the 12 steps to getting to the place where you love your enemies. But it, there isn't anything for us that way as there is for overcoming addiction. But mm-hmm. th- I think those steps would be, would be uh, very similar and I think that uh, they would be a good, uh, useful enterprise to, to try to figure out what those <laughs> steps would actually be because it's never really been done to get to the place where you're actually loving your enemy. And here is another thing that needs to be said. One of the number one, leading, one of the leading subjects of the Bible is the subject of having enemies, what to do with enemies. Yeah. Read all 150 Psalms looking for the word enemy or enemies, and you will be amazed at how many times that name, that word comes up in the Psalms. I believe it. And then if you're looking in Scripture you and say, well, this person qualifies as this person's enemy, mm-hmm. you'll be amazed at how many times instances uh, that comes up. And, uh, and that, that happens. Jesus had enemies, yes, uh, not, just, not just Satan, who certainly was his enemy, mm-hmm. uh, but also... Uh, many others uh, were his enemies. And so mm-hmm. us, I, I, I say that because I think one of the mistakes we do or make or one of the steps that we miss is to simply not name the fact that this person is my enemy. Mm-hmm. Similar to an addiction recovery, key to an addiction recovery is naming the fact that you're powerless against this 
this drug, right. this this alcohol or this yep. drug or this gambling or, or whatever it is that is the addiction. I'm powerless. You name the you, you, key to the process is to name and say, this is my enemy. I'm powerless against it. It has beaten me or, 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 or it seeks to destroy my life. Yep. And now once you get that established, now we can move on to these next next steps. Yep. First step. Admit that you have enemies, that right. you have people that, that, where the relationship is deteriorated into this terrible place, mm-hmm. and then you can move on to some of the things that that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, certainly Jesus wants us to do that. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Well, well, let's let's find out what does Jesus have to say about Shall this. Shall we? Yes. We, okay. Matthew five thirty-eight to forty-eight are our verses today. You want me to read? All right, I'm going to read. Jesus says in those verses, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, Jesus says, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Of what Jesus teaches here, Keith, Mm -hmm. what do you think is most difficult for you to do? Man, uh, I think it's probably the turn the other cheek. Because if someone offends me, or if someone you know not physically attacks me, but verbally attacks me, or just really is, it's hard for me to to just say okay and turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Just you know disallow it. I, I want my hackles go up, and I want to get at them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I, I'm ready to argue. Yeah, and and ready to get at it. I think also he we're talking about vengeance here. Yeah. There, yeah. there's a passage from scripture that a lot of people who don't even read the Bible know, and it is where God says, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Right. And and that okay, vengeance what does that mean? Why is that important? If we would just let the revenge business be in God's hands, yep. we'd really take a step forward in our behaviors and right. in our relationships. If we, now, I'm not looking when I'm mad at you to gouge out your eye or stab you in the heart, revenge-wise, right. but I am might do some silent treatment to right. you, or I might yeah. say something pretty nasty right. uh, uh, to you. Uh, I might, you know, And these are couched in the, the desire... To get even, you've hurt me, or right. you've violated some kind of uh, standard that I yep. had, uh, yep. and uh, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Yep. And I'm going to mete out my own form of justice. But right. if I would just not do that, if I would just leave that, trust that to God, right? Um, then all of a sudden, that's much better, but, better yeah. way. And I think I think society perce- perceives that as weakness. If yes. you're not willing to stand up for yourself, if you're not willing to to fight back and push back, I mean, Hollywood has made how many countless movies about getting revenge, about action heroes, and right. you're just like, 
you know, if we could if we could do that, you're right. I mean, how much better would and, and not just how much better would the world be? How much better would your life be if you could just simply know that God's going to take care of that mm-hmm. for you? And, and obviously another one that's most difficult is to honestly love my enemy. We've already talked about that a little bit. I don't know if I ever if I ever really got into a place where I've loved my yeah. enemy. Right. And the inference there is not that I'm loving somebody who's reconciled with me who used to be my enemy. Right. I'm loving somebody who is right now actively being and applying themselves to being my enemy. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it's not, a, oh, well, I, he used to be my enemy, but we made up and we reconciled and we apologized right. and we forgave each other. And now that's not what Jesus is. Jesus right. is actually talking about loving someone who, who hates, who doesn't like you, who right. hates you, who is saying right. all kinds of evil, perhaps against you, right. certainly doesn't vote the way you do. Right. right. Look at our society. There is well, no love for enemies. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I was thinking, it's like, well, yeah. They're actively doing all of this stuff to you and or for you know against you, and just to be able to say, yeah, but I I, I love you in Christ. Uh, Christ has loved me when I was His enemy, and I love you as my enemy. Mm-hmm. That I think that would drive a person crazy that wants to hate me. You know, I don't know that we'd reconcile, and I you know because I'm, I'm one of those guys that wants everyone to love them, right? You know, me love me. You know, so it's like, okay, I'm people pleaser or whatever you want to call me, but you know, I want I want people to be to like me and not be in conflict with me. But at the same time, I I I worry that I might bend when I shouldn't. Right. You know, and 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 so so I just yeah. How do you get comfortable with having enemies? I guess, and then how do you love them in that comfortable space that you have created for that? And, and yeah, I think it starts with realizing, you know, that God's going to take care of that. Uh, here's, a, here's another thing and another question. Jesus mm-hmm. says, I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. Let's, yeah. let, let's dive in here. What, what does it mean to not resist an evildoer? I, so, and and I'll, let, I'll give you a minute to think about it. Yeah. I'm struggling with this, Keith, because as a Christian, we're supposed to resist evil, right? In our own lives, in, in the in in that expression, in in our own lives, or that or that temptation in our own lives, we're supposed to resist that. We're supposed to be against that. We're supposed to fight against that, right? And um, and seek to uh, to stop that, to quell that. And here he's like, "Do not resist an evildoer." Uh, any clarity, any thought on, on on that? I'm struggling with that. Quite well, frankly, I'm not sure I even have an answer for that. You know, it's funny. I, I I wonder how much of it can be perceived as dusting, you know, shaking the dust of a, a the town off of your feet. If they're not accepting Christ, if they're not accepting you, don't don't actively go in and resist them. Don't just go let it in. Go. Just yeah, you got to let it go. Don't don't feel like you have to put up some kind of resistance to the evil that they're doing. Just simply step back from it and say, I will pray for you. I will love you, but. I'm not going to fight you about this. If you want to do this evil, I can't stop you from that. Certainly there's a point where the righteous have to go to war against evil. Certainly it's a good yeah. thing for it's a good thing to get to, to take up arms against those who are oppressing others. Certainly right. the evil of of World War II, not only from Nazi Germany, but also from Imperial Japan, was worth right. I mean, Imperial Japan is never 
ever put under the microscope uh, and that it should be. They were guilty of horrible atrocities. Exactly. And certainly it was a good thing to rise up against that, right. against that evil and, yeah. and try to expunge it yeah. from, from the earth. Uh, but is it, is it, could it be conceived on an individual versus national versus large, you know, yes, as Christians, we should be fighting evil. We should be saying no to murder and no to those things. Absolutely. I, you know, we, we need to, we need to look to, to the Bible for our moral compass and, and help that, and let that decide us and, and join together. But is it something where on a personal level, speaking one-to-one, Jesus tells you, don't, don't try to do this alone. Don't mm. don't fight against this in and of yourself because the fact of the matter is, is I'm going to take care of that. Well, this is what we do here at Megan's Old Office, and, and we do it here at Megan's Old Office because that, I think, is what we're supposed to be yeah. doing with Scripture. We're supposed yeah. to be wrestling with right. with Scripture, and we're yeah. not supposed to read Scripture and be like, oh, I understand exactly what that right. means. Right, exactly. You know, this is the great thing about the Sermon on the Mount. What does Jesus mean when he says, do not resist an evildoer? Evil. Let's wrestle with that, and let's try to figure out, does that mean that we just allow everything to happen? Certainly not. We, we, right. we allow elements in our society to run amok with uh, unchecked without any kind of justice, without any kind of retribution or punishment? No, but it, 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 I think it means not to get consumed uh, with... We, I think maybe it means that, that that we're not supposed to get consumed with the evil that is around us to the point where, where, where we don't even know who we are at all. Mm. One story that I'll share with you that was shared with me by another pastor, and he had worked for years. He's older than me. He worked for years uh, in East Germany uh, before the wall came down. Wow! And and he there was a guy who had been in East Germany that was older than him that was a mentor of his, and they had had a church in East Germany, which was, un, you know, underground church because it was communist East Germany, right. and uh, worked for years and uh, in that church. And then the wall comes down. What was that 89, I think yeah, it was? Yeah, 89. And, um, and uh, so now the guy in the church, the Christian guy, he said, I, uh, I, we had talked so much about how terrible uh, socialism is, communism mm-hmm. is, same thing, by the way. Right. Uh, uh, that now the wall was down, and we knew all those years what we were against, but we had no, absolutely no idea what we were for. Yeah. And so it's like, as a Christian, perhaps Jesus is saying to us, you're for, you're against evil. As right. a Christian, you're against evil. Right. But don't be so against evil that you forget what you're, you're for love. Right. You're for forgiveness. You're for grace. Yep. You're for everlasting life. You're for all of the, and we can get to the point where we're so consumed with what we are against. And I see this all the time. Yeah. Christians that are in our churches, and they can tell you what they hate. Right. They can tell you what they're against. Yep. They're, they, they can tell you who they vote what they're vote, trying to prevent, prevent. Yeah, yeah. but they cannot articulate what they're for. Yep. What they're about. 
Why, you know, what brings them joy? Right. Uh, well, what brings me joy is crushing my enemy. If that's your answer, let's you go back still, to that first verse. Right, <laughs> you, you're still, you could still be a Christian, but you probably need to bring it in for a shot. Right. Uh, you know, into the shop for a, a check. A quick checkup. Yeah. You, you know, we can get so conf- consumed with what we are against that uh, that we have no idea what we're for. And, yeah. And that's what I go to. Uh, you know, on, what on a that. great, what a great story, and what a great, you know thought is just like yeah are, what are you for and but then we focus go on that and then we go to jesus our example in in, in 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 what ways does he do these things himself in what ways yeah. does he love his enemies in what yeah. ways does he not uh, resist evil certainly in the crucifixion the passion yep. stories yep. the last 18 hours of his life we see him but certainly throughout his his, his life he's he's surrounded by evil and he re, he resists satan yep uh, in the desert, uh, the yeah. three temptations. He he he. Uh, but he also submits himself at the crucifixion. Uh, here's a guy who can walk on water. Here's a guy who can raise people from the dead. He can certainly avoid uh, all of this, but he submits yeah. for the larger purpose of staying faithful to to the mission. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he, you know, how does he handle all these things? Uh, how does he relate to all these things? Uh, and how is he is our, our, our example? Certainly, some, we, we, he knew he knew what he was against, but he, he it was more important what he was for and what right. he was trying to establish. You know? Right, and and you know that's that's exactly it. He, I mean, he never he didn't take an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. He didn't, you know, he didn't sit up on the, you know, he didn't stop them before he, they nailed him to the cross and say, no, it, no, you, and flip them around and nail them to the cross and say, you take the sins because it's they're yours. Mm-hmm. You know, he he didn't he didn't stand up and 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 say, I'm the most important person in the world. You know, he never even though he was even though he was and, is. and still is today. He is, but he never he never came out and said, you need to treat me in in the way that. I should be treated. He he didn't do that, and he didn't make a point of telling you know telling us that we're you know we're we're scum and and they that we should uh, that we should worship him and honor him in in a in a humanistic way mm-hmm. you know like we would if we were given the opportunity because it, you know and that's and that's a testament to the Holy Spirit in his life because he was a hundred percent human and a hundred percent God. But that hundred percent human, I bet you sure love the adulation and, and sure. adoration. I mean, and, and he was adulation. tempted in every way. Exactly. Right. And so, so yeah. So he showed us that a yeah, human can do this because he was human, mm-hmm. and 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 the he the way he did it was with the help of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So, uh, I want to harp on this line here. Yeah. I'm going to put I'm, I'm, question number four here. Yeah. Uh, here's this line. Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Uh, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, Keith, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Do we have to do these things to be children of God, children of our Father in heaven? I would say yes and no. Right. Because you are a child of God. Let's go, let's get the proper theology out of the way here. You are a child of God, not because of anything that you do, but simply because of God's electing sovereign grace. We've got an order of operations here we've got to follow. And and that's the first thing to understand is, is it, it is, we are children of God firstly. 
Not because of what you did. Exactly. Not because whether or not you loved your enemies or not. Right. However, if you, are, you, you, if you are a child of God and you are truly in relationship, and again, this has been, this is like these last few weeks, we've really been harping on this, but I think it's so important. If we are in relationship with Christ and we are trying to emulate him, just as he told us to, then we're going to act like him. And he's telling us, it's not eye for an eye. It's turn the other cheek. Right. It's not this. So can you be a child of God without having to do these things? Absolutely. Because these things are not dependent on, on the grace and salvation of Christ. But I think you will call in to doubt your salvation. You will, you, you know, you will make people you know, look at you like, really? You're, you feel like you're a Christian and you can't forgive that person? You can't let that go? You don't have to hang out with the person. And I think that's maybe another thing society does to us, too. If we say we forgive you, that means that we now agree with everything you are and everything you say and everything you do because we have forgiven, you know, we've made up. So we're back on this idea, of, we're back to the idea of we're imperfect unison uh, uniformity uniformity of our thoughts and our feelings and it's like that's not true mm -hmm. that's not true at all we can still we can still be children of god and have differences of opinion the old song is they'll know that we are christians by our love oh there you go and so what we're saying here theologically correct by the way is that if you're a child of god which you i hope you are and i hope you want to be mm -hmm. that is because of the grace of god yep. without you doing anything at all contributing anything to it at all god makes you decides that you are his child that you belong to him right. So from that standpoint, the answer is no. You, as Keith has already pointed out, you do not have to love your enemy and forgive them in order to be a child of God because you're a child of God simply because of the intervening, interrupting action of gracious God, of mercy of God. However, it, the answer is yes, because if you are, have been graced, if you are a child of God, it is completely hypo hypocritical. Even that's that's understating it, frankly. Yeah. That I'm I'm a child of God. I've been forgiven of all my sins. I've been made right with God. But I'm not going to love my enemies. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to forgive. Uh, right. it, it makes complete sense. But we do it. We we continue to withhold forgiveness, and we continue to to hate our enemy in our heart. I think because we don't recognize how much we've been forgiven. How much of an enemy to God that we were that that we are naturally in right. our, of ourselves? We we sit we tell ourselves, oh well, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good guy. Right. Well, now you've said that you've completely eliminated all mercy, all grace that, right. that, that God could offer to you. You've eliminated the truth that that, that that in truth you are you have been an enemy of God. Yeah. You have disrupted. You've been you're in violation of the laws and the ways and the yeah. morality of God. Uh, and you need to be forgiven. But when you get that in place, now all of a sudden you're like, of course, it's natural for me to love my enemy. It's naturally for, for me to forgive my enemy. It's naturally for, natural for me to be a peacemaker because God did that with me. With for me. Out yep. and, it, and, it, and the gap between me and God was much larger than it is between me right. and this idiot over right. here. Right. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Well, absolutely. I think you're, you, you've, you've nailed it. I mean... Well, thank you very much. Well, that's it. We can end the podcast here. No. Nah. 
No, we're not quite done because we've got a couple more questions. What but, is, so basically, yeah. what does Jesus expect of his followers? Uh, we kind of touched on this. Right. I think he expects them to look at him and do what he does. I mean, that's why we're called followers. Mm-hmm. We follow Jesus. The word Christian literally means little Christ. Yeah. We're little Christ. Exactly. Little, little yeah. examples of Christ. Not a big, but little example. We're, we're Christ light. The diet, we're, we're diet, diet Coke Jesus. Of, you know. Diet Coke of Jesus. No. Right. And, but, and that's the and that's and we are, we joke, but that's a great honor. But it is and and exactly. And what a relief that we don't have to be at Christ. We, you know, we're striving toward it and we can make mistakes and we can give ourselves grace because God gives us grace. Now, this does, and again, I return to what Paul says, does this mean you can keep on sinning? By no means. But don't, you know, if you do fail, if you do falter, if you do fall, get back up and keep going because Christ you, we are supposed to be like Christ. What are you laughing at? I love that reference of Paul. Does this mean it, that we can sin? Because as soon as you say that, you're like, give yourself grace. It's like, okay, good. I can go out and sin today. No, that's not what I'm saying. Give yourself grace. Stop that. I just always have to laugh at that because yeah. you know he's he's bringing that up because people are like, oh, Paul, oh. Paul said that I can. Yeah. I can, this is great. I'm going to go stab my brother-in-law <laughs> right in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, no. You know, I mean, one of my favorite memes right now is is, is a picture of Jesus teaching the disciples. And he's like, be, you know, be kind to the poor. And the first guy says, so you want us to put together a government program for that? And then Jesus says, let me say that again, and you let me know where you got lost. That's he's it. like, no, I didn't say to do that. I said, I want Just you, you to do this. I want, you know, and, and so, how many times does Jesus or or, or his chosen apostle Paul? Yep. say something to us and we're like oh that means this we can like, do- no that does not mean that at, at, at all so he expects us to to know him so the expectation is to know him how do we get to know christ he, it's in the bible so are you re- first question are you reading about jesus in your daily devotion are you doing anything are you doing daily are devotion? you doing daily are devotion? you praying the word exactly not, I mean, not just reading the word yeah. are you praying with the word and say yeah. Uh, and, and praying through the things that you don't understand, right. you know, uh, it was so few. The the lack of effort. How much time and effort we put into being great at you know video games or right. something else, or, yep. or, or 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 the fantasy draft or something like that, right? Yeah, or fill in the blank, whatever. Compared to how much energy and time we put into studying the word, it's just, it's, um, it's mind It's unbalanced it's, to, it, it, to a degree that I, yeah, it's huge I, for, you know, and I struggle with it too. Absolutely. I we mean, all we all do. And so, so the fact of the matter is, is that we, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we got to know who we're following. So get to know him. Mm-hmm. That's one of his expectations. And, and then, I mean, if nothing else, Read through, read through the Sermon on the Mount when you get a chance. You know, not just with us along here, but just once a month, kind right. of just go. Come it's three chapters. It. Just it's all it is. It's just it is foundational it, teaching. Exactly, and check against the things. Are you are you still taking an eye for an eye? Are you still holding that grudge? Are you still divorcing that that relationship that you have going? Throwing it on, in the garbage. Throwing it in the garbage. At it like it's exactly. a disposable razor. Exactly you know. right. Exactly. We've talked about these things. Finally, as we close, Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is not wasted breath. We can't be perfect as God is perfect. 
but we can to set that as a goal. That's right. why he tells us yep. this. Yep. Set it as a goal to yep. be like God. Yep. You're going to fail every single day. This is right. what it means to be a Christian. Yep. Every single day. I could say it this way. Every single day I fail to be a Christian. Right. I, am I a Christian? Sure. Absolutely I'm a Christian. Yep. But every single day when I go to bed at night, I fail to be a Christian mm-hmm. in the fullest sense of the word. But the pursuit of that, is worth it. See, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little grace and say you don't fail to be a Christian because we just said Christian is little Christ's. Mm-hmm. It's Christ likeness. It's those that want to be like Christ. What we fail at is being perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. And therefore we can't be God. Thank you. And so and so there it is, because most of us just think we're God mm. in our own little world, in you our own little movie. <laughs> exactly. In our own little movie, I'm the hero, I'm God, it's my story, all about me. And in fact, that's what he's saying here is, is don't, you can't be perfect. And I'm not, even be, God. I'm not even being silly about this next yeah. comment. Yeah. When I'm sitting on my couch mm-hmm. in my spot yeah. with the remote control in my hand, yeah. I'm God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm being hyperbolous, as Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. But then it's like, I'm in complete control. I get to do whatever I want. I'm yep. completely comfortable. And con- and then I but then I take that into the rest of the world. And right. it does not result it very does. well. And, and Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, even, even there we think we're God, but we're slaves to the batteries in the remote. Because if the batteries die, we can't oh change gosh, the my, channel. My whole life you're, comes you're, crashing You're spinning down. around. You're slaves to what the programmers put on the TV because you're only, you only watch what's available to you. Amen. Because, so even we delude ourselves, and we've got to get out of that delusion, and we've got to get back into the Word, and we've got to get looking at who is Jesus, what does He want of us? Well, He wants us to be like Him. He wants us to be perfect. We're never going to get there, but it sure is. It's a whole lot easier to get closer if you know the target. Amen. There you go. And right. know Jesus. That's it. You have banged that drum quite well. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. That's I think my it was, musical ability. There you go. Uh, good way, good place to stop. We'll be back with you for episode seven. Uh, we're still working through the Sermon on the Mount. Read it and uh, join us for the next uh, episode. We love having you with us. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. We're on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.